We are all called to make disciples, but what does that look like in a digital world? Can we use tools like blogs, videos, or social media posts to further disciple those around us and share our faith? This is part one of a two-part conversation on discipleship in our culture today. Truth Season 4. I'm your new host, Danielle Flood. Here on Talk Truth, we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer questions submitted by our listeners every other week. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Russell Howard, our lead pastor here at McGregor, and I'm really excited about this conversation with you. But first, let's offer this time to the Lord. All right. Dear Father God, first of all, I'm in awe that you call us your children. Thank you for loving us and being faithful as we grow and we seek you. Please speak to us today as we discuss newer ways that you're using to build your church, um, the ways that have never changed, and use us to draw people to your kingdom. May we honor you with our words today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's start with the given. Okay. God guides us as believers to be part of the body, meet together to worship Christ, encourage one another, disciple and be discipled, and study God's word together. Our specific question today is what does discipleship look like in our culture? So current day. Well, uh, I guess guess there's sort of simple news and complex news. Yeah. Not good news, bad news, but simple and complex. Simple. any, any conversation about sort of what is, what is the spine of disciple-making look like? 2 Timothy 2.2 2 is, is, is the rock in the pond. You can't, you can't get away from, there's a, there's a fundamental process. What you have heard from me in the presence, me being Paul, writing to his arch-disciple, arch Timothy, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Right. So sort of that, that chain reaction of, of discipleship is, is the heart. Yeah. So the simple news is that stands. We're, yeah. we're 2,000 years in, yep. and that is you know, constant. What has changed is the the means whereby mm-hmm. we can we can we can communicate. Yes. We're sitting here doing a podcast. There you go. I I wasn't that much younger than I am now when I first heard that term. Right. And the idea that I would be part of a church with multiple podcast channels. What in the world does all that even mean? And here that, we are. That did hit me today that we're talking about digital discipleship, hoping to encourage those around us yeah. in a digital way. In, in a yeah. medium that, I don't, I don't know, 10 years ago, I don't know the origin of the first podcast, but 20 years ago, certainly, sure. zero, Yeah. right? And yet here we are. I remember hearing the word like blog, I was like, that's not a word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, let's look also at how God's word defines it in the Great Commission. Okay. Because we talk about, you know, Jesus is leading people, spending time with that, quality time with, you know, their creator God in the form of Jesus. And he's leaving them and he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. I don't think they saw that and said, you know, let's have a podcast. 
No, no. Um, the the I think the really, really clear implication of Second Timothy two two, um, and right. to your point, every example that we see in Scripture where disciple making is happening right. is is super relational. Yeah. It is it is fair to say it's relationship driven, um, and uh, that relationship is uh, sort of fundamentally organic and face-to-face. Yeah. Um, communication tools can, can certainly facilitate that, um, but they can't, for someone to say, well, I am a great disciple maker because I have a million subscribers to my blog. Right. Um, good yeah. in terms of communication. But that's, that's, I would argue, not disciple-making. Okay, so the relational aspect is there. We're talking about either one-on-one or connecting yeah. over our faith. Um, let's, what are some ways that you've been discipled? What are some things that you've seen um, have an impact on your life? You know, different stages in life. I, I have spent sort of a a disproportionate amount of my life in, I'm, I'm going to make up some terminology here, but I don't think it'll be hard. I don't think I'm going to be in the weird world of, I don't know what you mean. Um, sort of structured Christian relationship kind of, kind of frameworks. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I was in seminary and then I've worked for, I've worked mm-hmm. where I go to church. So right. my, yeah. my, uh, you know, my, my, my gig life right. and my, growing child of God life, a lot of those same waking hours. Right. And, and uh, the, the bad news of that is it can be a job. Yep. The good news of that is I've had disproportionate opportunity yeah. to spend real time with people who love Jesus, right. um, both as a disciple, as a student and a disciple maker. And, and in that, I think back to, to one of the earliest churches I served, um, there was a guy on staff there, but he wasn't a ministerial staff member. He was in charge of the grounds. Mm-hmm. A guy named Craig Stockdale uh, was in charge of the grounds at Bellevue. And he and his wife, Jean, were a middle-aged couple with teenage kids. Young middle-aged, but with teenage kids when Gail and I were just starting out. Yeah. And we were... We were um, I think maybe Philip had been born. Philip had been born when I went on staff at Bellevue. And we met Craig and Jean. We were in their Sunday school class. Okay. And uh, and a love relationship formed there. Right. And we were in their home. They were in our home. And parenting, marriage, faithful living. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a minister on staff at, at this incredible church and Craig was the grounds guy and he taught me as much about Jesus as any other person ever has in that relationship framework. I don't know if we ever said what we're doing is discipleship and and, and what we were were friends Mm -hmm. with a couple who had been further down the road than we had been and they um, I think the term these days is they poured into us you know, it always sounds like serving coffee to me, but they, they gave us a lot of their time and a lot of real estate in their life mm-hmm. and transparency and friendship. And Danielle, it was, it was disciple making. And at the same time, my, uh, let me think, my boss's boss's 
boss because okay. the church was a big church and the org chart was nuts and I was way down here. But but the he was actually two steps away from the senior pastor near the top of the organizational food chain. But for some reason, we became friends yeah. in a way that kind of just took the org chart and went and drew a big, big looping line between him and me. Uh, his name was Tim, Tim Hedquist. And Tim was uh, almost a young-ish father figure to me at work. Okay. Taught me more about working at church than anybody I ever knew. And since that's been a lot of my waking right. hours. So I, I, you know, I kind of figured the question would come up. And so I thought about it very deliberately that Craig, Craig and Tim were probably two uh, kind of sort of structural in Tim's case. Right. Very organic in the case of the Stockdales. But just at the time, guys who were further down the road that I knew I was supposed to walk, who knew a lot more than I did. And they let me pay a lot of attention. Yeah, and that time makes sense. Like, but you don't have time to invest in that many, you know. So if no. if you're looking to, I don't know, multiply, people yeah. are looking to invest in who they're they're working with. Um, how should they choose? What kind of like? Yeah, and th- having an ex- uh, a, a platform. Yeah, you know, if if you feel like the Lord has given you something something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even in your intro, you talked about about disciple making and and getting and sharing God's word right. uh, for this episode. And uh, as you said that, I thought Danielle is smart. She knows that's two different things. Yeah, that getting the word out and disciple making are two different things. And this 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 sort of amazing capacity, this room we're sitting in, and the things that we can do digitally, yes, are phenomenal tools. We are, we are so accountable to God because we have this fantastic capacity to talk to the planet in terms of the people who would find us. In Previous generations would find that unfathomable. Mm. As long as we don't check off our, okay, well, I'm doing that, so I'm doing discipleship. Right. We, I think it's a terrific thing, yeah. and I'm all for it but it's not discipleship. Mm. I, I, I'll, on Sundays that I preach here at McGregor, you know, in season, gosh, best part of 2,000 people. I'm not discipling those people. I'm teaching, I hope. Right. Maybe even impacting. But I can't disciple 2,000 people, right? Right. Yeah, I was doing some research for this. And do you know how many emails and tools and opportunities they're trying to like send to churches saying you need to do digital discipleship. Yep. It's this buzzword right now that these things will offer your people this opportunity. You know, um, you're sharing God's word. um, So maybe they should also say like digital evangelism and digital this and that. But I was looking at maybe the long-term effects or how deep you can go with some of those opportunities and just thinking like, I, I want to be where people are. I want them to know my love for them and kind of who I am, but it's, it's way deeper than that. It's how you behave too. I had a, I had a seminary professor um, who, and this was early on in my, in my master's work, and some of the things that he was saying in class were challenging me. Hmm. And uh, I, have a, I have a secular undergraduate degree. So like my first year of seminary, I, feel like, I felt like I was playing catch up ball because I had, I had terrific church background and great Sunday school teachers and student masters and all that back then. 
But I'd sit in class with these guys that had these four-year Bible degrees, and I felt like everybody in the room knows so much more than I do. And this professor had, there were assumptions floating in the air in his class and stuff. And I felt like, I literally felt like I'm either in the emperor's new clothes here, and I'm the only one that realizes the emperor is naked, or I need to get caught up on what the emperor's outfit is because I ain't seeing it. Okay. So I went to that professor one day, and I, I basically just folded my cards face up and said, I'm not following these conversations and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not where I need to be to get what I need to get from your class. What, what should I do? And he said, what are you doing Friday afternoon? And the, you know, the, the punchline is we spent, I think three and a half, four hours in his office. Mm. The school I went to was very commuter seminary. And so on Friday afternoon, the campus dumped out as guys went all over the place home for the weekend then off to preach and all that. So I think, on, on what came to be kind of a ghost town of a campus that afternoon, he and I were in his office and just gently, you know, I would throw the question, he would say, well, consider this, and Bibles open and notes piled around us and yeah. uh, very intense discipleship. I would argue that not only would not have been possible if his course was a video course. Okay. Um, I, he's written books, but I wasn't gonna get what I got that afternoon by reading his books. Hmm. relationship, conversation, connection. I like books. I've read a few. Yeah. I love, I love this. A few. A few. <laughs> but I, 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 I and, and again, I'm the age that I am and this digital stuff I admit is not my native dialect, right? But I don't think it can, content publication, mm -hmm. fantastic. But discipleship, Danielle, I don't know. I, I, I really, I'm cynical about any form of one-way communication calling itself discipleship. Okay. I guess that for me is kind of the crux of it. Now, am I all wet or does that make sense to anybody but me? No, it does. So I work in social media sometimes. I'm a communications manager. Okay, for okay. For an awesome nonprofit. On social media, I find that the most shared elements are the elements that people see themselves okay. resembling or want to see themselves resembling, and that's what they share. That's a neat way to put that. It's, it's social persona, so like you're building, Ooh. and then you, that's what you share. So I'm, I've just been balancing, like trying to figure this out. We, this growth of social media means that churches can put out Bible verse graphics. Mm -hmm. You know, my organization does the same. We can put out, you know, video things, give people elements that help share their faith in a one-way street, okay? So maybe we should talk about like both and, because there's the discipleship, this relationship element of us building, pouring into other people. And then also at the same time, we can use social media for some of these one-way elements that completely agree. share the gospel or share good opportunities, share elements of the Bible to people who maybe wouldn't see them otherwise. I, uh, I could not agree more that, mm -hmm. that um, the opportunity to, to speak the, um, uh, you know, the sort of speaker's corner, you know, Hyde, Hyde Park in London where everybody gets their turn up on the soapbox bellowing to the crowd. Mm. We've, we've all got access to that now. Yes. Um, we can speak to big groups of people um, in, in, again, ways unthinkable not that long ago. Uh, 
it is important that we do that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Intentionally is more than just carefully. Carefully implies don't be stupid and, and put out junk that's going to live forever. Also be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Careful is important. Yes. Careful gets you to the point that you're not endangering yourself. Okay. Okay. Be intentional. Right. Is the next step. I joke. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a personal Facebook. Mm-hmm. I rarely say anything on it. And when I do, odds are it's about puppies or grandkids. Because all the world loves puppies and grandkids. Why not? Yes. And and I I'm I'm part of a presence mm-hmm. on the church's myriad platforms, yep. um, and uh, don't mind there. Don't well, intentionally put out messages that are spiritually edifying and all sorts of things. But I keep my personal very innocuous, bordering on the boring. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that I want to unilaterally trust myself in that setting. Okay. Church setting gives me good controls. Right. Yeah. Um, but for, for conversation with someone that I do have a relationship with, use it a lot. Yeah. You know, the, I was in the research, I found there are categories of like content creation. Okay. So you have content creators people who, you know, that one way, let's figure out ways that we can edify the church. We can give people tools to share. Um, There are distributors. So many people who see those content and then pass them along. Um, That, you know, I think content creators are few and far between. You have to be purposeful, what we've talked about. Many people can be distributors. Yeah, yeah. If you're choosing the right things, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some careful there too, because one day if you share your church's Bible verse and another day you share something else, you can confuse people yes. very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then there's engagers, they said. So beside just a distrib- distributor, people who within an organization or independently engage in online conversation for the purpose of building meaningful relationships, better understanding their community needs or determining meaningful ways to serve others in the community. And so hmm. okay. some people, well, social media to me is like a town square. Okay. It's, it's people being people. Humans are humans are humans. I agree with you entirely. In fact, I find it an axiom. Who you are online is who you are. Right. You, you don't get to pretend that you get to be somebody else online from which you as a person are absolved. Right. What you're presenting online is you. Mm. in any of those categories. It's amazing how not obvious that seems to be to some people. Right. (laughs) That is true. People say things they would never say. Right. But they are saying. I know. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So if you think about the town square in it, like a actual physical aspect, you have businesses around the town square, those that want to be right there and people who have time to watch others walk by. And when you want to be in the town square, you like walk by. Other people aren't there very often or just check in, you know. I do it for work, but I also do it because I like to stay connected with some people. Um, But those that want to talk a lot, talk a lot. You know, those that want to engage with others in, you know, kind of like a pushy shovey match, verbally can do that online too. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I'd like people to hear today is to to think about their behavior online and say, am I, you know, 
representing Christ well, for one? Am I being careful? Am I, you know, mixing or is what I'm doing helpful at all? Yeah. You know, have you seen examples of people just completely like blowing their testimony? All all over the spectrum you just Mm -hmm. described. Mm -hmm. All over the spectrum you just described. I've seen, uh, I've seen arguments that I I thought were really, really unfortunate. Right. Um, where you just want to say, I wish the two of you would go to some physical location, you know, buy, buy each other a Diet Coke and, and talk this out. Mm. Because the rhythm, for one thing, just, just mechanics, mm. the rhythm of a real-time conversation allows me to, hang on a second, that's not what I said. Right. In ways that dueling paragraphs in the, in the uh, comment column behind some post right. never can permit. We're essaying at each other with these little micro essays, right. but we're not actually communicating. We're standing on our platform bellowing at our audience. Mm-hmm. We're not, let's talk together and pound this but out. What if our audience doesn't agree with us? Well, uh, yeah, but that can happen in real time, in real space as well. Yes. I um. I like your town square metaphor um, a lot because I, I, think it's an, I think it's an old west town square. It's not a nice, orderly, well-run New England Times Square. No, I was thinking more European. Okay, yeah, okay. Spain. Yeah, but they're shooting at each other sometimes. You know what That's I'm saying? That's true. It's a, it's, okay. it's, it's a, it, can, it can get to belligerence yes, very quickly. point taken. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and... Um, so that's a that's a that's a characteristic, but th- that is also a, a danger. Right. So how have you seen like discipleship done right in either a digital format or um, separate from that? Yeah. Again, my my uh, uh, predisposition mm-hmm. to wanting the discipleship framework to involve real connected communication between real people. Here's the deal. Uh, when I was younger, much younger, say, the idea of, of real-time, face-to-face communication with somebody. Danielle, we used to have to pay extra to call somebody with the call, if the phone call went across a state line. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, you can only barely remember that, but I spent most of my yeah. life there, the long-distance bill on your phone. And then we, we, we get to this magical era where we're carrying our phones around in our pockets. And soon after that, nobody cares whether you're calling a person in your community or five states away. And then we got video. Yep. That was crazy science fiction for a big chunk of my life, unless you were like NASA or somebody. Meet the Jetsons. And now I, I make faces at my grandchild yeah. on my phone. And my three-year-old grandchild, who can operate the video settings on his parents' smartphone, frightening, right. video chats back at me. So we can do face-to-face conversational linking of lives mm across the face of the earth mm. um, in ways, again, that are not even reality not that many years back. That is, is for me, you, talk about, you want to talk about some sort of digital discipleship. There, there, there is the digital facilitation of a setting where discipleship actually does happen. We're mixing lives mm-hmm. together with tools that allow us to do it with reach mm-hmm. and, and convenience, mm-hmm. accessibility beyond anything that could 
been imagined. Right. I think that I've seen some, and maybe the separating it from discipleship, some some successful teaching across Asia or no some question. enclosed countries. There have been the ability to share like video messages with yeah. people who are There's, commuting. I, I don't. I would not want to offend a brother who is huddling in a bunker somewhere in North Korea. Right. So I say this. I say this with caution okay. and with great respect to those who are who are eking out life and faith in very difficult environments. But there's a sense in which good luck having a closed country today. Well. You know, because we can get to your people with the word of God mm. um, in ways, again, not previous. In the, in the past, you set up powerful radio transmitters 10 miles on the other side of the border and pounded them with FM signal. But now we can have a conversation with them and probably you can't catch us um, because we can we can hide our ISPs and, and sneak in the digital border. Right. And I think that's phenomenal as well. That's incredible. So teaching and edifying, using digital, every digital tool imaginable to I, share the gospel and to reach, that's what people should be doing. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and I, I'm, um, COVID. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we, we very carefully avoided the term here of, of you know, digital gatherings mm. because we think that's a contradiction in terms, at least um, largely. The assembling of the body is the assembling of the body. But, you know, for, I think six weeks, as I recall, back in the summer of 20, we, we at first early on in the pandemic, there was, you know, what are we up against here? Is this, right. you know, is this the Spanish flu? Are we going to lose 20% of mankind or something in this? Right. So we, we uh, out of care and love for neighbor, we were never required to, but we shut down for, I think, six weeks. And during that time, we did things like uh, the nightly live. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I set up lights and a webcam in my goofy little study at home. Mm. And uh, members of this media team uh, ran the thing, moderated the thing from their homes. And it was all interconnected. And we had a chance to, as best we could, mm -hmm talk and gather and hi y'all you know you'd watch the comment stream on those facebook live things and yeah. it was it was the best we could you know what it was 20 percent about the content right and the content itself was as much hi guys how are you doing look i was in my quiet time this morning and this is something that i saw it was remarkably badly constructed <laughs> yeah but you can say that but the conversations were as much about mm -hmm. Are you and your family okay? How are you doing? And the, 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 you know, using what we had when we had it. Mm -hmm. And out of that, for us as a body of Christ, came our, we need to build a podcast studio. Okay. We need to keep this momentum that was thrust upon us. I bet we gained five years of momentum in, in terms of our digital intentionality I think so as too. a church mm -hmm. because COVID forced us to reckon with the fact that here in the 21st century, um, media like this are no longer sidebar. Right. They're arterial blood. You yeah. Know. One of those nights I was participating in a Bible study and it was over and they're like, okay guys, you know, we had our conversation, we had our connection and they like closed the Zoom and I had a physical reaction. I was like, no, 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 no. Where is everybody? Yet. Not done yet. And I had to call a friend and be like, I just, I'm not done. I'm not connected enough. I like miss you. I need I you. Um, I ha hadn't told many people that either, but yeah. it was 
like the body of Christ being family and being the hope that we have, you know, the hope isn't in our circumstances. And I have a great family, you know, like we were home together, it's safe, um, grateful, but the ability to technologically meet with, with God's people meant a lot to me Amen. in that time. And there's no, there's no parallel for that. Right. That, I mean, that's literally epic defining new. Right. There's, I mean. Hmm. So we have a lot more to say. Um, it's my passion that many listening today would see ways that they can take these opportunities and make them more intentionally um, discipleship. So stop seeing social media as like pushing out of information, but taking those- Puppies and grandkids. Yeah, turning, turning those opportunities into time together to actual discipleship. Um, so to anyone listening, join us as in part two as we continue this conversation on the next episode. To all of our listeners, thank you for spending your time with us. We have so much fun planned for this season, from conversations about grandchildren and what a biblical marriage is to why should we study the Old Testament. If you hadn't yet connected with us online, check us out, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and be sure to check out all the other McGregor podcast channels. Head over to talktruthpodcast.com for all the details. And we'd love to hear from you. Give us your feedback, however you're listening to this. Thanks for listening, and remember to talk truth.